today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Over the weekend, now if you haven't been downtown for a while, you may not be aware of the fact that uh, the the uh, protests, I guess, is maybe the the better way to describe this. That are going on at Hamilton City Hall continue to this day. I know that was in the summertime they they were making news for an awful lot of reasons because of some of the confrontations that were going on. Well, they're still happening, and sadly, some of the confrontations are still going on. And this past weekend, a woman was actually charged with assault after an altercation uh, between a yellow vest protester and some of the anti-hate supporters. This was happening right there in the city at the forecourt at Hamilton City Hall. Uh, Kevin McKay is the vice president of the faculty union, a professor at Mohawk College. He was there and witnessed this uh, account and witnessed this incident on uh, the weekend, and he joins us to uh, explain what's going on. Kevin, thank you for taking time out of a busy day. Glad you could join us today. Hey, Bill. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, explain what you saw. What happened in, in, as, as we're, this was unfolding? Sure. So I was down there with other members of the uh, Mohawk Faculty Union uh, just to support, um, you know, the, like you said, the, uh, the anti-hate demonstrators. And I know I was just sort of taking a walk down um, Main Street in front of City Hall. And um, it, it was I almost didn't know what I was seeing at first because it was so bizarre. But I saw at the corner of Bay and Main there was a person on the ground um, and, uh, and yeah, this woman ran up and just like she was going to kick a soccer or, you know, a soccer ball or mm-hmm. football, um, uh, went and kicked him in the head. And so then, you know, I started running and uh, a number of people started running, uh, to sort of pull them apart. But yeah, that's, that's what I saw. It was a little bit disturbing. Now the reporting that we've seen on this said, uh, said this was an altercation between a yellow vest protester and, and Eddie hate supporters. Uh, who was yep. it on the ground? Well, so, uh, you know, someone I don't actually know, um, someone who showed up to the uh, the demonstration and i think he he definitely showed up on the side of the anti-hate protesters um yeah, i understood that um the issue was he was um trying to take a sign down and one of the tricky things about uh, the yellow vesters is they will show up at city hall and they'll they'll put up all of these signs to light posts and they'll stick them all over the place which apparently is you know it's, it's not a cool thing to do under under bylaw and, and you know and it's actually okay for someone to remove those but I, I, my sense is I didn't see this. I have to be really clear that I didn't see that part of it. But that's kind of what I heard is that, you know, this guy was like, hey, listen, you shouldn't have this sign up. And then he was kind of tackled by a yellow vester. But then what happened, I think I saw the aftermath, is that another yellow vester came over and uh, and was, was sort of then trying to put the boots to him. So and how often do you, is this the first time you've been down there? Have you, or do you do this on a regular basis? Because I know there's some people that show up there every weekend. Yeah, definitely. No, you know, for for us, Bill, I think as um, not just uh, faculty members, but also um, as a member of the uh, the local, I'm a part of the labor council, and so there's mm-hmm. there's a I think a concerted effort on behalf of the labor community in Hamilton just to to try and support a little bit more. Obviously, we're not going down there to be confrontational at all, um, but we're we're going down there to sort of help lend our voices to these people saying Hamilton is not about hate, we're not about intolerance, you know, all, all these sorts of things. So uh, I've been trying and working with a number of other folks in the labor community and the labor council to bring more uh, unions down uh, just to have a presence there. So it, it's only been a couple of times for me. Um, and so it just so happened that last weekend was a little bit, uh, was a little bit intense. There was another member of the LOS that was really, really coming over and sort of harassing our folks too. And so, you know, it was good that there was a police presence there. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the way it always is, but it was it was a pretty uh, a pretty intense Saturday. Well, as you've talked to some of the people that were there, and obviously, I guess others saw this incident as well. Is is there a yes. concern here about this? Well, what some people describe as the in-your-face attitude by some of the people that are, that attend to these things. 
very much so. And I think that that's what was surprising to me is, is that something I experienced also on Saturday is that there really is, um, you know, the, the tough thing is uh, the yellow vesters will often say, oh, we're just misunderstood. We're some sort of community group or whatnot. But, you know, the guy I had in my face had no problem agreeing that they were linked with the sons of Odin and the soldiers of Odin and the proud boys and the three presenters, like all of these mm-hmm. groups that are really known. Right. And so, it was very revealing. I guess that that's what's going on, you know, and so that's why I think, because sometimes people find it hard to understand, well, why do people come down to City Hall every Saturday? Some people have said, why don't you just ignore these folks? But when you start digging beneath the surface and you realize these other connections, you realize, well, that's, that's a problem then, right? And so I, I think as a community, we're trying to figure out how to address it. I, I certainly don't think anyone feels that you know, just coming out on Saturdays is, is, is the answer. There's other conversations that need to happen. You know, part of it is the Anti-Racism Resource Center. Yeah, like, like you said in your preamble, Bill, there's a lot going on in the city around this issue. Um, but we can't turn away from it, you know. And so I think that's just why we, we feel it is important to, to have a presence there on, on Saturday. Again, to be non-confrontational, but to make sure uh, the voices of sort of diversity and inclusion are heard. But you want to go down there and you want to be non-confrontational, but do you get the sense there are other people that show up there to, to be confrontational? Oh, oh, definitely. I mean, on Saturday, there was, you know, this one guy, I don't know his, his full name, he goes by the name of Ed, was clearly trying to provoke. I mean, he was right in, a, usually the groups kind of stay, you know, kind of separate, yeah. you know, and, and right in our group, right in our faces, people were trying to disengage, he'd be right up. And he basically said, yeah, I'm here to harass all of you. And so it's difficult at that moment. And, and you know, to their credit, I think the police saw that at a certain point, they kind of walked over because... You know, people people can only take so much harassment. And sure. when you know that you're trying to be provoked, luckily the folks uh, present just knew that. And so, you know, it's almost like on the Internet, right? You don't feed the troll. Um, but that that is what's happening down there. And, and when you talk to the people who come out every Saturday, you know, the anti-hate protesters, they experience this on a regular basis. And so, so that's a problem. So what we're just trying to do is, is to try and just get more people down there because what we think happens when there's more people is there's less of a chance of things getting out of control because it kind of backs, you know, it backs the provocateurs off a little bit. i got to ask you, but uh, you mentioned there was a police presence there. Now, I've heard yep. from both sides on this issue over the last number of months about the, the role that police play and, and the actions they play. As you saw this unfolding yep. on the weekend, Kevin, how did police respond? You know what? I mean, from what I saw, Bill, I, I thought it was, I thought they did their jobs, you know, and, and when I was giving my statement, I know I was speaking to one of the officers and, you know, quite candidly about the, the, the challenge of how do you how do you do something like this when groups have a right to protest, right? We we do live in a thankfully a society that in many ways is still very free. We have freedom of expression, so they have to honor that, but also they have to make sure that the harassment isn't happening. And I think that there's definitely a perception among the anti-hate protesters that there's there's been not as much in, uh, intervention against the harassment as they would like. Maybe that's changing, um, and I, I hope it does change, because I think that that's the thing we can agree on, is that, you know, people have a right to protest, even if we disagree with their ideas, but, um, you know, they shouldn't be able to be getting in the face of people and harassing them and, and, and assaulting them, obviously, right? And I, I think the police have a difficult job. I, I think they could do it a little better, right? i got to be honest, mm-hmm. but I, I think that what I saw on Monday uh, was, was not bad. It's very, very good that they got... Um, I guess Mary Long is her name, got her out of there because um, what she did clearly showed that I think that she was, uh, she'd lost the plot, you know, in that moment. And so, um, but yeah, it, it's, a, it's a tough one. I think they could do their jobs uh, 
they can do their jobs better, but also it's a difficult job they're doing down there. Gavin, listen, thanks so much for taking the time and, and, and bringing this back uh, to the public consciousness. It's a, an issue that we need to deal with, and, uh, and the more voices yeah, that speak up about this, uh, I think the better the community is going to be. Thanks again for today. Thank you, Bill. Take care. Kevin McKay, uh, who is, uh, well, I, it doesn't matter about the Mohawk College connection. He's just down there as a citizen when he was doing this over, uh, over the weekend. Uh, I've got to bring Bernie Farber into the conversation. Who, Bernie, of course, is the chair of the Canadian Anti-Hate Network. And uh, Bernie, first of all, thanks for joining us. We've had numerous discussions about this in the past. Uh, oh, yeah, yet indeed. another incident this past weekend at Hamilton City Hall. And uh, this this is a black eye to this community, Bernie. Well, it is. And I'm, I'm you know, I, you and I talked about what kind of motivates this and, and why Hamilton. We have similar protests here in Toronto pretty well on a weekly basis at Nathan, Nathan Phillips Square. We don't seem to uh, have as much of the, um, how should I put this, direct uh, kind of uh, assaultive in intervention on both sides. And uh, I'm not sure if it's the police that are doing a different kind of a job or if it's, um, uh, you know, if, if the area where they are protesting is just a little bit more distant from the actual you know, city streets, which, which is sometimes very important. But for, for some reason, Hamilton seems to be an epicenter. And, um, you know, I, I heard the last little bit with Kevin. I, I tend to agree that police have a very difficult job. I mean, you know, you keep two warring factions apart and you put yourself in the middle of it. But I think that they're going to have to start uh, acting a little bit more preemptively. And by that, I don't mean limiting uh, the ability to protest. I think protest is you know, one of those democratic rights that we have and, and, and must have, the, uh, the act of uh, free assembly and all that comes with that. But I think that they're going to have to keep an extra close watch. They ha they're going to have to understand the seeds of what it is that touches these groups off. And until they're able to get that under their belt, uh, I think you're going to see this time and time again. Uh, your point's well taken. I, I, I've seen some of the other protesters at, at Nathan Phillips Square in Toronto City Hall, and, and, and it happens in every city. You're absolutely right, Bernie. I mean, you know, in London, England, of course, they, they've actually got a camp set up across from the apartment buildings where people they, can, they stay there, they protest. But but I was at I was at a social event in Toronto this past Saturday evening. I had a wonderful time with great people. But the Toronto people that I was talking to that were attending this thing, the two things they they talked to me about were the, the sewage water, the, the you know the and and the protests at City Hall. And I know they were doing it tongue in cheek. I get that. But the fact of the matter is, uh, that's that's what they're talking about in Hamilton, and that's not what we should be talking about about no. this city. But it's it's what's making news, and it's what people are hearing. Yeah, and, it, and, and it's making news simply because, you know, you're, you're dealing with violence, and violence is one of those things that people pay attention to. Um, the, the fact is that, you know, you have fire and water uh, here. You have the anti-hate protesters, and you have uh, those that I, I would say, um, you know, are, are lean to the extreme right uh, and, and do see protests sometimes as a means by which to become uh, violent and to uh, and to take that violence out on the counter protesters. It's not to say that those who are protesting from an anti hate perspective are are squeaky clean. Some are not, and we've we've seen what has happened there. But uh, and your your other guest mentioned this as well, Bill. There is a perception, especially in Hamilton, that the protests coming from the extreme right are not as well-managed by police in, in terms of trying to stop violence from that side as it is from the, uh, the anti-hate side. 
Uh, and so there's lots of frustration that, bu- that builds up, and the police don't need that. So they're going to have to find a way to understand what the, little, what the ingredients are in terms of hatred, what touches things off. Now, I have to say, and this isn't a plug you know, for, for what I do, but uh, you know, I put it out there. Um, it, my colleague, uh, Len Rudner, and I have worked with police services literally across this province. Uh, we work with York Region Police, Toronto District Police. We work with Ottawa Police Services. In terms of helping them identify what is hate, uh, what are the uh, emblems that are out there, what are the trigger points, and, the, and, and if it's not us, there are others that do this similar kind of work. Police have a tough job, and they need all the information that they can get in order to arm themselves, and I'm talking about not with guns and batons, but with information, with education. And the more that they understand where those seeds begin and where you have to intervene just before it erupts, I think the better you're going to be uh, placed as a police officer to stem the violence even before it begins. Well, and, and therein lies the problem, because I know in, in past confrontations, and I think that's a very apt word uh, considering some of the things that we've heard in some of the stories, uh, we've heard about that, and, and there are some people that are concerned about the police action or what they consider to be inaction in these situations. And on a philosophical level, you're absolutely right. This is a you know free speech, and, and, and this is what we have, and we should be proud of that in this country. But there are elements of this, Bernie, that actually incite these sorts of activities and these sorts of confrontations, uh, and that's going over the line. And I don't think you can just simply stand back and say, well, they've got the right absolutely. to do that. Oh, no, absolutely not. As a matter of fact, uh, it's, it's, it's the elements that you, you have to watch out for. Now, in certain other uh, places in other countries and, and in other cities across Canada, they do as they do, as, as you mentioned, in London. They actually have places blocked off in the area, and they say, okay, here is the area where you can come and protest and bring your signs and do whatever you want to do within the law, uh, but you're, you're restricted to this one particular area. I have no problem with that. I don't think that that in any way impacts on our right to free assembly. Uh, it, it allows us to, to be able to get out there and express ourselves as we will. But it's an area that the police have studied, noted geography, have been able to cordon off properly, and are able to better control than if they're just in front of City Hall or if they're just in front of you know, another major pu- public building where they have to always improvise. This allows for protest. It also allows for the police to, to do what they have to do. And the other thing I would say, and this is where, you know, the city budget comes in, you have to ensure that you have the right number of people who are correctly trained in crowd control and in, and in spotting danger points. And from what I've seen with, with Hamilton Police, I'm not sure that they, that they are as particularly well-trained as maybe some other larger urban forces and uh, Hamilton now is a city. It's a large city where people are using it as this gathering point, hate versus anti-hate. It's almost become kind of the thematic place to play out all of this you know, garbage that's yeah. going on. So it's, maybe it's an, it's an opportunity for Hamilton the police to, to, be, to find expertise in dealing with this, not just treating it as another uh, demonstration. No, well, and we're going to have the chief on later on this week, and I'll certainly bring it up. Bernie, as always, thanks so much for this today. Thank you so much, Bill. Have a good day. You too. Bernie Farber, of course, from the Canadian Anti-Hat Network. Lots more to come in the days and weeks ahead as we continue this discussion. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.